Hi there, May Thompson here, a very tired May Thompson here, recording this on the day it comes out. Isn't that fun? Um, this episode uh, has a trigger warning. Um, we're doing the most distasteful thing we could po- ever do, to the point where I actually am considering not releasing this episode. But if you're hearing it, it's out. We did a memorial. Justin Timberlake was in Steve Irwin's memorial. And obviously there's some talks around death and that kind of thing especially towards the end, is a bit much, honestly. Um, So, you know, once we get to about half an hour, um, if you sort of feel like you don't want to hear that kind of stuff, feel free to just skip it. We lose our minds at the end of this episode, so you might want to hear that. But otherwise, yeah, a bit of a trigger warning. I I can only apologise. Oh, good day, mate. Welcome to the spoiler warning. We've got a ripper spoiler warning ahead of you. Spoiler for the memorial service for Steve Irwin. (laughs) I'm serious. Spoiler warning for Steve Irwin's memorial. For Steve Irwin, he changed our world. The memorial service. This is one of the most fucked things we've done. This is the most distasteful thing we've ever done. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of distasteful, cue that intro music. <laughs> Word. If it isn't Professor Smarty Pants, we should never stop working on ourselves. You ain't walking away this time. G'day there, welcome to the Justin Timberthon podcast. A podcast where two ripping friends talk about Justin Timberlake and everything he's ever done. Genuinely, that's not a bad accent, I think. I was pretty, I was going to do one, but you you set the bar too high. It wasn't bad. Um, my name is May Thompson. I am joined, as always, by... It's me, Harry Dobbs. A man in his pyjamas. I'm in full pyjamas. <laughs> for the listener, it's 11pm. Um, my day started at 9am, This as is, did yours. This is one of two late-night Timberthons we're doing. <laughs> and as that is the, the theme of this episode, I'm going to... Love to say, can we please talk a bit quieter? <laughs> oh, really? Never... Well, one of my flatmates doesn't care. The other one was asleep before we planned this. Like, officially, I knew this was happening. Oh. Because like, up until going to the film, I was like, this is going to get cancelled. <laughs> I was like, this isn't going to happen because I've got to watch. I'm here now. But you're here. It's fine. I'm excited to do oh. an 11pm podcast that Two. leads directly into a midnight podcast. Yeah. Because this will probably be around an hour. It's, it's weird energy. <laughs> it's weird. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. When have we not had a weird energy, though? Every episode's weird. That's the joy of this podcast, is what weird energy will we have today? And today I'm sat cross-legged in my pyjamas <laughs> on an office chair at 11pm. I got to your flat so much earlier than I intended to. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I actually got there bang on time and I intended to. I got there earlier than you intended me to be here. So, for context, I was at the cinema in the, in the bay... And I messaged me being like, hey, I'm going to leave now. I'm going to get an Uber. When I'm in the Uber, I will text you. Then you should book yours. And then about a minute later, I went, Uber's not turning up. I'll take the train instead. And May was like, I'm already in the Uber on the way to yours. I was so bored in my house. <laughs> I'd just been sat in my in my room for ages. Yeah. And I'd done everything that I wanted to do that day. <laughs> except for this. So I was like... Might as well. I started making TikToks. You made some TikToks? I made a TikTok. That's nice. It wasn't good. I made... Um, what I've realised is mm-hmm. that being cringe on TikTok actually doesn't matter. Because, like, 
who cares? Who's watching it? No one really. No, so I made like a nihilistic poem. That's nice. I didn't write it. I improvised a nihilistic poem. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I saw this is the most like fucking spread out rambling bunch of thoughts I've ever had. Go for it. Um, you know, that funny feeling, Bo Burnham. Yeah. Great song. Incredible song. I saw a TikTok that was that funny feeling, but it's 2024 and then just updated the lyrics. It was okay. so good. Beautiful okay. little TikTok. Um, it had lines such as global war rhymed with Barbenheimer era's tour. And it was <laughs> that is pretty good. really great. That is good. So I made a nihilistic poet, poem, poetry TikTok um, about when I thought the end is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and my conclusion was that actually I've got no idea. And <clears throat> throughout like all of time, people keep saying it's the end. And they were wrong because they were bloody ages ago, really. Yeah. So like, but that then is the whole thing of what if we're the first people, and everything else is just like fake. Who cares? Exactly. Why do you care? I don't. Know. I know. It's it's like I. This is gonna be a great topic for the Steve Owen episode. I've got a thing I, I can bring it onto to, before the Steve Owen to, to make it a bit nicer. <laughs> I don't really give a shit if we live in a simulation because everything that I care about is as real as it would be anyway. Yeah, who cares? Like it, it gives a shit. Doesn't change my world. For the listener, hey, you know who did change our world. <laughs> Oh we, we're not there yet, we're not there yet, we're not there yet. Uh, for the listener, another layer to this energy is, um, I've, I'm not going to discuss the film, but I've just watched a film, and I'm in a very emotional space Can right now. Can you say the title of the film? I watched The Iron Claw. Depressing. And, oh my god. More depressing just... than Inside Cloan Davis? Oh god, yeah. In, like, that in, episode in, isn't out yet, actually. In such a different way, because Inside Cloan Davis, it's like, kind of his fault. This is just like, god, the world fucking sucks sometimes. Hey, do you want to hear a fun layer for this? Can, I just realised. Yeah, you can give a fun In layer. one hour, this episode that we're recording right now, it's meant to go live. Sorry, in an, an hour and a half. Two hours. Two hours, sorry. No, in an hour. How, in an hour. How funny would it be if we record this, you edit it and upload it, then we record the next one? That's not happening. Because it will take an hour for yeah. me to edit because I've got to listen through. And I'll just sit quietly. <laughs> that means we'll do the next one at 1am. I don't want that. And when, what time are we recording for Freshers tomorrow? Uh, 10. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, about, about that. Yeah, yeah, so we do about right. <laughs> I'll be, I'll do what I always do with freshers, where I arrive ten minutes late and I'm the first one there. That actually is fine because uh, actually, this is shop talk. We'll do this later. <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah, this doesn't have to be on mic. Um, can I tell you about a film I watched? Um, yeah, uh, we, didn't, we haven't actually said this yet. Um, me and Harry saw each other uh, a lot today. Mm-hmm. We then took about like a six-hour break from each other, and now we're back. So we both six-hour break, watched a film, and are now in a different vibe. Well, mine was a short film; it was half an hour. Okay. Um, I watched a film called "The Last Words of Dolly Pentreath." Now, Dolly Pentreath. Right. Dolly Pentreath. Do you know who that is? It's ringing bells. Who do you think Dolly spell. Pentreath is? I, it's the name of a person that I've heard before. Dolly Pentreath is, uh, in popular belief, this, mm-hmm. I'm getting a bit academic-y here because this, this is my area of expertise, uh, Dolly Pentreath is, in popular belief, the last Cornish speaker. The ah. last native Cornish speaker. Yes. Um, that is so disputed because there's about nine different people that could be the last Cornish speaker. <laughs> and also, a lot of sentences come up like, oh, I know three people in that village that speak Cornish. A oh, lot yeah. of that happens. 
Um, also, people sort of dispute whether Dolly could actually speak Cornish. That's amazing. Um, Just because every layer. at minimum, everyone agrees at minimum, and this is quite funny, that she could at least swear in Cornish. <laughs> um, that's the only like agreed, agreed upon part of her. That's amazing. Some people think that she just knew a couple of things and just sort of said them all the time. So people just thought she spoke Cornish. She knew how to say, I will not speak English in Cornish. And that's about it. Um, But she's such a fascinating character. She's so weird and so cool. Um, She's just an old woman who lived fucking ages ago, really. I watched a film that was made in... I I don't know when it was made. I reckon it was in like the 80s. It looks about Mm. 80s called The Last Words of Dolly Pentry, which is, according to the description of this film on Vimeo... Oh, um, I found this. I don't know why, how I found it. I can't remember what I was searching for. Um, um, this is the first uh, like proper film to be made in the Cornish language. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't exist. Films didn't exist when the Cornish language was really here. Um, it's wild. Right. It's mad. The plot of the film is that Dolly Pentreath has come back to modern Cornwall to assess how the language is looking. And she is given a mission by a train driver to ensure that the sign that says Welcome to Penzance is written in Cornish as well as English. Because the council said, we're just going to have it in English. But then actually it was put in, in Cornish anyway. So Dolly is Dolly's mission is to make sure that happens. But in the real world, that just happened. <laughs> that, that that wasn't that wasn't her doing. <laughs> no matter how many guesses you had given me, never I never would have guessed that that's what that film's about. Oh, do you want to guess what um the actress playing Dolly Pentreath looks like? Oh yeah. Uh, j- do you have um, a guess? Small blonde. Uh, no, just a normal woman who, uh, for some reason, they've put in grey face. They've just sort of painted painted her, her grey. They've painted her grey. Like a, like a ghost. They've painted you her grey. You know, like how ghosts are. They've painted put, her grey. Yeah, put her in um, the biggest clothes. So, much, <laughs> so many clothes. And also, they've made her, this poor woman, they've made her carry around a basket of fish for the entire film. The entire what time, the she fuck? just, she was a fisherman. She was a yeah. fish seller, was her job. In the 18th century. Um, she <laughs> she just sold fish in real life. Um, so they've made her carry on loads of fish. This entire film, I'm not joking, mm-hmm. is about a Cornish ghost hitchhiking to Penzance. A lot of the film takes place in cars. At no point does Dolly sort of freak out about what cars are. Um, <laughs> there is a scene where... Dolly is in the passenger seat of a car. I should say, Dolly doesn't say a word in this entire film. So that's um, a bad name. Well, except for she narrates it all in Cornish. Um, uh, I can't speak fluent Cornish. There's English subtitles. Right. Um, I've picked up some of it, but like, mm. yeah, that's fine. That's another conversation. Um, Dolly never says a single word to another character because about 50% of the characters in this film just speak English to her. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of oh, what, you don't speak, do you? And she doesn't say a word because she won't speak English. And then when someone does speak Cornish to her, she doesn't say anything either. (laughs) She narrates the entire film in Cornish, though. Um, There's a scene where she's in the passenger seat of a car and a man is speaking English to her and they've clearly, like, green-screened the background to Mm. make it look like they're moving. Um, But then someone just walks past the car and they don't stop the green screen. (laughs) So... There's a scene where the car is like going along at a pace and then a man just comes and stands next to the car for a couple seconds and the background is still moving. 
It's so funny. Um, I had a conversation with a friend recently because we've both we both studied film and we were like, right, it's weird how the first draft of a film is so different to the last one and it's always so much tamer because the ideas got smaller and smaller. What the fuck was the first draft of no, this? That was no first draft. This is the this is the draft. This is it. How did this get made? Like who? If you Some want to make Cornish, Cornish enthusiasts, film, but surely they wouldn't. I'm do not even this. done. I'm not even done. Of course, you're not even done. Um, there's a scene where um, Dolly is talking to um, a man by the side of the road who just speaks Cornish, apparently. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, a lot of people speak Cornish these days. He says the thing Cornish. Yeah. A lot of people speak Cornish these days. And that's just not true. It's, fully um, it's just not yeah. like 300 people speak it properly. Um, <laughs> when when did she, this come out? Uh, the 80s, I reckon. Okay. It looks about 80s. Right. This was, I imagine. I say okay, right, like that makes it make more sense. It in doesn't. In 1987, the Cornish Language Board was established, which is like the authority on co- the Cornish language. Before it was a lot of just random academics and people being like, this is Cornish, here you go. <laughs> it was mad. Um, why, there was, this is my entire dissertation. It was yeah. fucked. <laughs> it's really funny because the entire story of the Cornish language, the modern Cornish language, is just some like fucked academics making up a language because it died it wasn't it didn't exist and they just sort of rebuilt it as they wanted there's a scene where she gets in a car with that will sound like a cut that wasn't a cut i haven't cut anything there's a scene where she gets in a car with a woman who speaks to her in english and then her kids in the back start arguing in cornish and dolly (laughs) smiles at the woman and the woman in cornish says yeah we taught the kids cornish a couple years back Like, it's a day-long thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, oh, just the other day, we taught them all of Cornish. She, and these kids and are just, like, squabbling in Cornish. And then Dolly narrates it over by saying, how wonderful to hear the sounds of children yapping in Cornish once again. Throughout the film, Dolly refers to the language of her country. Mm-hmm. Dolly died in 1777. By 1777... The fact that Dolly spoke Cornish was a novelty. Right. She is not from a time where A, corn was a country, (laughs) or B, a time where people regularly... Dolly also spoke English. Frequently. (laughs) It's such a mad film how they get all of the history wrong, but then also nail this costume on a woman. Because if you're doing it if you're doing this film, surely you've got to care enough about the history to get it right. Yeah. Like, where is this Venn diagram of the person who cares enough about the Cornish language to make a film about a Cornish woman ghost coming back? But it's like a specific real woman, but also all the history's wrong, but in like basic ways. Who's <laughs> this person that made... What happened? It's clear they couldn't get enough people who spoke Cornish to be in the film. Because there's a lot of scenes where someone will just speak English to her and she doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was oh, fucked. The last words amazing. of Dolly Pentreath. I give the last words of Dolly Pentreath genuinely a Justin Timber great. Oh, how was his performance in it? No. <laughs> Tonally. Ah, it was... From that perspective, <clears throat> it is Justin Timber great. And in a way, Justin Timberlake is the reason you watch that film. 
Because oh, if yeah. we weren't doing this fucked podcast, you probably would have just planned something else for today yeah, and not ended up watching that. <laughs> this is, I, I was film. doing my dissertation research, yeah, yeah. so I probably would have watched it. It's pretty funny. True. Um, I have a question for you, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll have an answer for it because I don't have an answer for it. What is the film that doesn't feature Justin Timberlake with the highest Justin Timber ranking score? Good question. I think Bullet Train. Bullet, see, Bullet Train's got Channing Tatum, and Channing Tatum's just the new Timberlake to me. But if you if you said to someone who hadn't really seen Bullet Train but knew roughly, mm. you said, "Oh, Justin Timberlake's in that. He's just one of the people on the train." They probably believe you. Oh yeah, no, I think I could convince someone. Yeah, I think Timberlake would be funny as like a Knives Out role, but not one of the big ones. You know how I get how Ethan Hawke's in Knives Out too. Sure, yeah, and he's in like one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timberlake could do that. Timberlake could do... Oh, you know who would actually be in Bullet Train? Mm-hmm. He'd be Ryan Reynolds' character. Yes. Of the... The, the, the guy, guy who was meant to go yeah, on that yeah. mission. He'd but be that he character. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is a good one. Um, It's amazing to me that he's not in any superhero thing. Yeah. You'd think he would have done one of the I DC can... ones. I could see... Batman vs. Superman. He's in that film. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking um, he'd be a good Mysterio. If they couldn't have gotten Gyllenhaal. Oh, that's Gyllenhaal's great. Gyllenhaal's perfect casting for that. But Timberlake's got that, like, he's the lovable, kind of dumb yeah. rogue, but then he gets to be really hammy and villainy at the end. And Far From Home, tonally, is fucked. Oh, God, yeah, he it would is, fit that in That film is cooked. I love it's, that film, but, like, I can't defend it. I cannot defend it in any way. It is a messy film. Hey, we've done 16 minutes. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Do you want to do a, a classic Harry Dobbs smooth segue? I've not, I never yeah, planned them. I've got the blurb for Steve Irwin. Yeah, but what's the se- how are you segueing into this? Because you did one earlier, but you changed the topic. This does it. This this conversation you, is you fine. Are you genuinely not going to pick up what I was handing you? Hey, Harry. <laughs> yes? You know who else died? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> That's actually really bad. <laughs> what were we just talking about? Bullet train. You know what? Hey, he's not in bullet no, train. sorry. You're not going to keep me saying you really changed the tone and you could have been like, well, you know what else changed? The world. Steve Irwin changed. I thought you were going to that. Far From Home is tonally fucked. You know what else is tonally fucked? What else is tonally fucked, Mae Thompson? The Steve Irwin Memorial. <laughs> it's really tonally fucked. Okay, here's the blurb. Yes. What are you going to say? I don't I forgot that we do a blurb. Yeah. Even though you literally mentioned it about 10 seconds yes. ago. Go. Right. This blurb and this whole episode might seem incredibly distasteful. I can only apologise. Steve Owen is dead. <laughs> Get over it. But also, it is a tragic loss and all too soon TBH. When he died, there was a massive memorial service for him at Australia Zoo where he worked in Australia. It looked like a really powerful thing to attend if, A, you were really there in 2006 and not watching on a DVD almost 20 years later, and B, grew up watching Steve Irwin. I have never watched anything Mr. Irwin did, so you can only imagine what I was thinking while this was on. Justin Timberlake plays a grieving friend of Steve Irwin in about 20 seconds of footage in this hour-long memorial. It's a bit weird that that he's even in this, because even he admits that he never knew Steve Irwin and only really spent a day with them one time. When I saw May earlier today, she was like, is it fucked that we're doing a memorial service? I was like, no, because we're not making fun of the fact that he died. I'm not. It was a tragic loss, TBH. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
I, I want to add to your list of things that would make it impactful. I think C, you have to be Australian and understand yeah. Australian culture to not find most of this funny. Look, I love Australia. I'd love I'm to. I'm a big go Australia there. fan. I love Australia. Most of my favorite content creators are Australian. Yeah. This was not for us. No, this was. I genuinely felt like I was intruding. This DVD, not DVD, it was probably a VHS at the time, I imagine, was probably, something yeah. like that. It was in the, in the absence Sorry. of streaming. That's insane if it is a VHS that then they also did a DVD. Yeah, yeah. That's mad. Whatever this was on, in yeah. the absence of streaming, this was sent to Australian schools across the nation. Yes, it absolutely. was sent to pretty much every Australian school mm-hmm. and it was broadcast all on the same day to every Australian school child. Yeah. Um, how powerful would that be? Oh, it, like, He's a hero. You're, you're 10 years old in Australia, 2006. What? Your hero's dead. Yeah. Watching this as someone who never watched anything Steve Irwin did, was I was finding it really funny because it is tonally fucked, and we'll talk about that. It was still really sad. Oh, it was... Yeah. Like, it was genuine. I got quite emotional watching it because he seemed like a lovely guy. But what I want to say is I think I am the first and last human on the planet Earth... To ever watch Steve Irwin, he changed our world on a PS5. And the PS5 nearly crashed because it couldn't load it. I watched so, it on a PS2. No, but that means that Steve Irwin, he changed our world, is harder to run than Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I meant to take a video because I couldn't hear the dialogue at one point over the chugging of the PlayStation. Oh my god. I don't, like, I have never heard it that, like... When I first got it and powered it up, it took a while to set up and like all the updates. It was quite loud. It was louder playing this. I've watched DVDs on it before. They were fine. That's so weird. It could not handle Steve Irwin. It's his love of Crocs. It's the power. The power of Steve Irwin. When I put this on, I thought, this might be a rough one. I had a great time. It's from, It was such a start, weird... It's yeah. very hard to tell where Justin is going to slot into this. So... The way it's kind of structured is there was clearly a live event at the zoo, Mm. which we mentioned, and there was some celebrities there, some speakers, um, every one of them was credited in a way I enjoyed, which we'll get to, but there was also then cutaways to, like, pre-recorded sections with celebrities who'd known him and met him, and then, like, here's what his work was, and there's, like, some highlight reels of that. I was so... Scared that Tim Blake would be there in person. Yeah. Because it really felt... They were just getting guests out at one point. The MC of this memorial... Oh, no. <laughs> ...was the Blue Wiggle from the Wiggles. He... That made no sense to me. It's really strange. Um, It opens with Russell Crowe giving a speech. That was powerful. That was a really upsetting Russell Crowe is in one of my favourite movies. He's in my favorite, one of my favourite movies is Gladiator. I've never seen it. Oh, you must. I, I simply must. Side note, on this kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, I considered setting up another podcast, which I'm not going to do, because that's ridiculous. This is insane already. Um, called uh, something like um, How Can You Have Not Seen? Where mm. I just watch all the films that people tell me I should have watched. There's a, I haven't watched Godfather, all them, you know, the important ones. There's a podcast I listen to that's finished now called um, The Girl's Guide to Dude Cinema, where two women just go through the list of films that their ex-boyfriends recommended to them, and they stop doing it. It's like, we don't like these films, we want to stop doing this podcast. <laughs> and that is the funniest way to end a podcast. 
there's a baby eating a cracker behind John Howard, and I don't know if he's nailing the tone. <laughs> John Howard, what? What Australian Prime Minister. Well, my next note is, actually, I don't know what the tone is, because this Wiggles cunt is really happy to be there. He was having a great time. He was having a blast. He was having, like... He seemed over the moon that Steve Irwin was dead. He got this gig. I'm jumping ahead a lot. This is the only memorial service I've ever watched with a blooper reel. Yeah. There's a blooper reel in this. Because oh. there's a bit where his producer's like, it's so heartbreaking to have lost a friend. Uh, he was a lover to animals, a wonderful person, a loving husband. But above all else, he was a true professional. Then it cuts to a blooper but reel. But he wasn't maybe. always a professional. Oh, he was flubbing <laughs> his lines. He got his lines wrong. Oh, silly Steve. And there was like wacky music and sound effects. I'm like, dude, this is... Like, I feel offended by this. Can I talk about um, the moment that made me go, oh, no, out loud? Yes. The Wiggles. Mm-hmm. They show a Wiggles song mm-hmm. called Steve-O and Action Man. And it's a fun song because it's for kids because they're the Wiggles. The song finishes. Smash cut to Cameron Diaz. <laughs> giving the most heartfelt eulogy I have ever heard. The note I've got is just Wiggles song into sad interview. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> genuinely, like, it's so going for the balance of, like, we're celebrating his life but mourning his death. But, like, scene by scene, they change it. Like, as if they they made an hour-long sad documentary and an hour-long what a great guy he was documentary. We're like, what if we just edit them together and make one really inconsistent, incoherent mess? Why are we doing this? <laughs> You, you did this. <laughs> this is really weird. You did all of this. <laughs> this is kind of bad. Uh, I really. We're gonna release it. Yeah, like... we've recorded worse. I really enjoyed the um, again the whole Australian element. Uh, Wes Mannion was credited as Steve's mate. Can't oh. credit someone as mate. I've got a note about this. Mm-hmm. They're all his best mate. Everyone Every single one was like, mate. I'm Steve's best mate. Except Justin Timberlake, who's like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> I don't know Steve. I'm just doing this because someone asked me to. He was, yeah, literally he was like, I, yeah, we'll talk about Timberlake now. He's like, oh, I only got to spend one oh, day with him. Talk about Timberlake? He's a great guy. And thus concludes Timberlake's part in this. That's pretty much it. Um, Justin really didn't prepare a script for this, did he? <laughs> His, like, 30-second bit is weird. <laughs> it's not scripted. Every speech in this is weird. Like... I don't know how you would handle this kind of memorial service, but not like this. Yeah. They did it wrong. Justin came back at one point towards the end Mm. to say, we'll miss you, mate. Oh, yeah, he did. Mate always sounds so bad in an American accent. Americans can't say mate. Americans can't. No, it's it's wrong and gross and bad. We'll miss you, mate. It's weird. Uh. Yeah. It's just the idea. It's not fun. It's because the idea of being friends with Americans is disgusting to me. Well, no, but it's it's such like a British or Aussie term that it doesn't work anywhere else. It, I yeah, think just... even when like someone from mainland Europe says it, I'm like, you don't. That's not right. Yeah, it, it's because it's such a cultural thing to call a stranger mate. I had yeah. a Spanish guy say mate today. And I was, was like, that weird. was... Yeah, that wasn't right. Also, that is a... Great sentence from me. It was an actor reading a line that was clearly not written. Oh yeah, he's to lovely. Be, he's a lovely. He's guy. a lovely person, but it's clearly not written for someone who's second language English. Yeah. So it just didn't work. And because I wrote that scene. Yeah, and, and it, I didn't know it was going to be him. And he should have just been speaking how he normally speaks because yeah. it 
it feels like someone who's really not talking the way they're comfortable talking. Yeah. It's probably just not the right move. Anyway, Um, that's that's on me as a director not to change the lines for him. (laughs) Director and writer to not change it. I was trying to make jokes in my notes, but it was really hard. Um, My favourite was... My favourite moment was when Kevin Costner said the most brave thing he did was show himself to the people. And I reckon it was braver than he dealt with crocodiles all the time. <laughs> that was way scarier. I, I show myself to the public all the time. I'd not go near a crocodile. They, they might bite me. Look, right. Now, obviously, Steve Owen is a national hero. Yes. To Australians, he is their... Who's a national hero to British people? Yeah. No, who is a national hero to British people? Um, Steve Bechtel. Um, no, I think no, a bit not. bigger. Who's someone? He's, he's Bear Grylls. No, he's um, he's David Attenborough. Yeah, yeah, not for yeah, yeah. Like he is. That Yo, is yeah. what he was. He's there, David Attenborough. But but a lot of his job does seem to be just aggravating animals. So, I the thing that I got from this is I was like, I want context on what he's actually doing because he's just poking a snake a lot of the time <laughs> he seemed to like like that one snake was so pissed off and he kept being like look at how pissed off this snake is like it's the way it's edited because it's edited like jackass yeah because this memorial service isn't about showing him it's about like look how cool he was and then look how funny he was like he's doing it bit by bit and look how sad we are <laughs> look how sad we are but like and look how look how sad Cameron the Deep. tribes people of Australia are who they just so didn't strange. translate for too long. Yeah, but like there was a bit where I was like, "Are they going to translate this tribeswoman?" Or no, not they really. Just kind of <laughs> not really. No, didn't go to that. They let her do a whole speech in a native language, and then she just translated herself at the end. It was a bit weird. Um, I want to go on a little positive rant. Mm-hmm. Steve Irwin seems like the loveliest guy. He seems the best. So my f- favorite. I miss him. Uh, yeah, no, I genuinely got really sad. But <laughs> Never f- engaged with any of his stuff. The bit I loved in this is the um, I think the producers like Steve was obviously massive on camera, big on camera presence. He also just did everything behind the camera, mm. and there's a montage of him. He's like on set, he's chatting to someone. He's like, "Sorry, that light's wrong," and he runs and fixes the light. And, like, things like that. He was literally running around being like, I'm going to cook everyone food, what's everyone want? What's yeah. everyone want? And he, like, turns to the camera and looks un- looks awkward because he clearly didn't know he was being filmed. And I'm like, this guy just seems really nice. And as well, like, people like that, it's always, normally, they're really far away and the camera people are really up close and the yeah. camera people get no credit. He just had the camera. Like, if yeah, it was dangerous, the, he the, would take the, the camera and do it. The of him holding the camera was yeah. so cool. Because he, he was like, well... Aggravating a croc. <laughs> he's just pissing him off. I genuinely... Because, like, they go into the amount of good he was doing for animal mm. welfare. And it sounds like he did a lot. Yeah. But every show is just him poking an animal and being like, Oh, the animal's going to avoid me! This guy's fucking huge! He's so big! But, like, there's a bit where he's, like, rough and tumble hugging a crocodile. I'm like, literally, how do you do that? Like, how do you get to a point where that's a well, thing you can do? He died because... Yeah, yeah. He was but killed like, by a stingray. But I'm like, no. Like, I mean, specifically in that moment, why did that crocodile not kill him? What happened to not have that be what killed him? Bindi Owen. I, we're just moving on. Yeah. Bindi Owen. <laughs> this, in the style of the memorial video. Yeah, yeah we're, we're now, just moving on. We'll now just cut to a sad bit. Uh, Bindi Owen, uh, in this video, is 
um, how old do you reckon she was? About seven, eight? Must, yeah, very young. Adorable. Yeah. So sweet. Just a little child. And I'm like, oh. Um, I, I missed a bit of this because I was Googling what Bindi Irvin was up to now. Not much. No. <laughs> She's not doing loads. She's His an actress. His doing a lot, isn't he? I didn't look up much. He wasn't in the video. He's um, doing lots of animal welfare stuff. Cause I they all are. All the about... Owens are still. Yeah. They all still run Australia Zoo. Australia Zoo, it's really weird the way it's set up because it's a huge stadium. Yeah. Well, it's the crocodile. It's croc- crocodile. Yeah, crocodile. yeah. It's like the crocodile viewing area, but it's it looks like the size of a stadium. It's where it's Steve did his, did his shows, did his yeah. stuff, really. Um, they get some elephants out at some point. I'm near the end of the video now. In I, my head, th- in my I reckon this is going to be a short one. Yeah, that was fine. That's fine. We've got another one of these um, that's super li- stupidly late. Yeah, I've got there's, yeah, I've got some stuff to talk about. There's still, a great, there's a great, yeah, there's a great bit with the elephants where um, Steve's like playing with one of them, and it just gets really emotional talking about their welfare, mm. and it, it's going to the thing of he's just this memorial did such a good job of showing him to be just the loveliest human. It, the bit where his dad came out and just gave a really heartfelt speech, and they showed yeah. the two of them working together, and there's a bit where they like Bob Owen. Bob Owen, uh, the two of them, say, I, they, I don't know what they did. Uh, they, like I said, it's weirdly edited. They do something with an animal. Then they look at each other and Steve just goes, we make a good team. I love working Sweet. with you, Dad. And they have a lo- like a big hug Adorable. and they're like so nice to each other. Um, yeah, towards the end they get elephants out and just sort of walk them around a bit. And then some guy just loads up a truck and we get to yep. watch that. And it takes ages. While True Blue plays... True Blue's a fucking miserable song. True Blue, you talked about this and I didn't ask once. Yeah. About how Old Lang Syne is possibly one of the saddest songs that you can't place why it's sad. Yeah, True yeah. Blue, I think, rivals that. Oh, God. Yeah, like, because, yeah, Joe Dwyer brought up Old Lang Syne and just said it's a miserable song, but he doesn't know why. And I didn't really, I kind of agreed with him, but didn't really yeah. know. And then I listened to True Blue, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is fucking miserable. But, like, but, like the why? Lyrics, it's. The lyrics about cockatoos and stuff. Yeah, the lyrics. The it's lyrics, about like what it means to yeah, be Australian. Yeah, the lyrics are what makes an Australian man, and it's powerful. It is the guy doing it, John Williamson. The way he's presented in this is so funny because the whole way through he stood on a truck with a banjo, mm. and he's it got just... an acoustic guitar. He's professional. Come on, all right. He's John got... Williamson, as far as I can tell. Sorry, is that are we being factually accurate yes. about the type of guitar? Yes, I'm a guitarist. I'll play the guitar. I, t- I, I will never understand what you care about. <laughs> <laughs> like That, you have nailed me there. <laughs> it's half eleven. You got to my home before I did. We re- spent all day recording for a radio show. We're doing it again tomorrow. And at no point has anything in your head been like, this needs addressing. And then I say he's got a banjo and it's an acoustic guitar. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> Let's take this fucking seriously for a change. I will never understand what you care about. No truer <laughs> words. <laughs> I love being your friend, sense. mate. I don't understand you, but it's nice to be around. <laughs> so we like... <laughs> we have to do a best of. Yeah. That's a summary of the that's, podcast. <laughs> that should be the intro. So, uh, I'm in my pyjamas. This isn't right. What yeah. we're doing's not right. Oh, I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> we've got another one. We've got, we're doing Sesame Street. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he loads up the truck. And then there's various shots of people in the crowd. 
and there's two shots that I want to highlight, and then you are welcome to say whatever the hell you want afterwards, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, they show a young girl crying, mm-hmm. and it's bleak. It's so sad. To the point where I'm like, don't show a crying girl. Mm. She's like seven. She's very young. Then, it shows a woman waving at the camera like a footy game. Yep. <laughs> I saw that too. Bad. Why, why did you Back that? to back. Like, oh, they're sending the truck off. The truck that supposedly holds Steve's ashes or something. It was his truck. Yeah. They're taking it for a last drive. Um, Crikey, <laughs> as he would say. I I was trying to Google if Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, who shit himself in a McDonald's, was at the event, but I can't find him. John Howard was the Prime Minister at the time. Yeah, but he was still like this guy's round. Sure, yeah, he hadn't chat. He hadn't chat himself. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he was there. Um, he was at McDonald's at the time. Can I bring up something that is maybe the most distasteful thing I can ever say in this whole episode? Oh God, Steve Irwin died with a stingray by stingray mm-hmm. on camera that footage exists i want to see that footage so bad i don't i, I want to really don't because um i follow a twitter well i used to follow a twitter account called uh the human race out of context i do i follow that account uh i have seen too many people die on that account, then I've had to stop following it. When was I'm the like, first... That's real footage. I can't. That's it's insane that that's allowed on the internet. So when... I was like, "What's this funny clip? Oh, a person has died. Oh, fuck." When was the first time you saw a person die on camera? Do um, you remember? Because I do. It would have been that account. I, uh, well, to be fair, I don't know if they died, but I'm like, I probably didn't survive that. In a history class in year twelve or thirteen, maybe mm. thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Um. We watched a video of footage shot around the Russian Revolution in 1917-ish, something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was footage of two men being shot by Russian Fucking... people. And I watched that and thought, oh, that's the first time I've seen people die on camera. Mm. First time I've ever seen someone die before. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's, I don't want it to be here. <laughs> I don't want that to happen here. Oh. How, do we, how do we get out of this one? Um, can I talk about lost media? You can talk about lost media. Because that footage is lost media. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was never released. The right. episode, the, the show he was shooting, obviously that footage was never released. Yeah. It was given to his family. His family say it was destroyed. They watched the footage, they obviously cried and had a moment of that and said their goodbye to him and everything. Yeah. Then they said the footage was destroyed. The cameraman who shot that footage says he has a version. He will not release it for yeah. obvious reasons, but he says he does have that footage. Fucking that's on lost media sites. That's a, that's a lot, It's dark lost media. Yeah. But like, oh, hello. <laughs> that is... That's big. Oh, yeah. I love Lost Media. I find it so fascinating. That's the layer of this podcast. I I hope as... one day to create Lost Media. <laughs> one um, day this whole podcast could be I, Lost Media. I maybe already have. Um, this this podcast, for me, the, the joy is finding insane things that I never would have found otherwise. This one is an example of that, but in a lot bleaker way than Trouble with the Curve. <laughs> Trouble with the Curve is like, this is an insane, funny thing I wouldn't have seen. This, I'm like, this is just a... This, bad weird isn't it 
Weird that we're doing this. This is the second episode we've recorded in a row that's gonna need a trigger warning, I reckon. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, this is fucked episode. Yeah, God, fuck. Oh, bad. Is this coming out tomorrow? It's coming out in half it's an hour? Not, it's coming out sort of afternoon tomorrow. Like, yeah. By the time I get it, sort of. I might. No, I'll get it out tomorrow. It'll be fine. So, May, would you rank the Steve Irwin Memorial... Justin Timber lame, just fine, Justin Timber great, or a Justin Timber piece. Before I get my ranking, I'm just going to quickly check that was everything I wanted to say in this. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, that's not that funny, I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> the head of Australia Zoo was very nervous to speak. Anyway. <laughs> um... <Yeah>, loser. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I don't like giving this ranking. Oh, no, I'm only ranking Timberlake, and he was just fine, because what else was Lame. it going to be? I'm giving this just Timberlake. You're giving this Timberlake? I'm giving this Timberlake. I, have, I haven't told you about this. Mm. Um, I have made a Excel spreadsheet, because I like Excel spreadsheets, yeah. of everything we've ranked. Right. Of how we've ranked things. And I'll show it to you in the break between recordings. Mm-hmm. I have only ever given two Timberlames, and it's only ever in agreement with you. Right. So this is my first um, renegade Timberlame. Your first renegade Timberlame. I'm giving this a Timberlame because yeah. he w- w- he did not need to be in this. He shouldn't have been in this. That's he a should... layer I had not thought of. He shouldn't have been in this. He probably didn't want to be in this. No, he this did not was... look like he wanted to be in this. This was not in any way helped by him being in it. Jerry, I gave a timber grate because if it wasn't in it, then yeah. it wouldn't have been made. Like, <laughs> this was going to be made without Timberlake. It's it's bad that he's in this, I think. Baffling that he's in. Like, he didn't prepare a script. He didn't know what he was doing. He's not in it very so, much. He shouldn't have been in it. I reckon... Most of the celebrities in this were doing an interview for another thing in front of a green screen. And they were like, hey, you have met Steve Owen. While you're doing this interview, can you do a quick cutaway for us? And I bet they all said, absolutely. Because you can't I'm say no. I'm so sad that he died. Like, you can't say no to someone asking that. Timberlake was like, yeah, I've I've met Steve Owen. Why am I doing this? And I went, just, just record it. It's for the kids. Like, oh, we got it. That's, well, we'll fix it in post. He probably didn't want to be in this. No. I he definitely he did. did want, didn't want to be in this. Because he doesn't have the interview of a man who wants to do this. He no. even acknowledges that he didn't really know Steve Irwin. And it's That's a bit weird that he's he doing says, it. It's he a says, short, short segment. He says, it was great meeting you, even if your laptop is fucking laptop taking is off. <laughs> he says, it was great meeting you, even if it was only for a day. <laughs> Can you... Oh yeah, that's being picked up. Mental. This, is, uh, this was an expensive laptop I got for uni and it is fucking bad. Should we wrap up? Crikey. Uh, anything to promote? May, at the end of this episode, Chuck True Blue on. Oh, you've got a new song coming out. You've got your cover of True Blue. Oh yeah, to promote. Um, what actually Over should... the deafening noise of the laptop. What actually should I promote? Because I feel like I should promote I something. I want to promote um, beds and sleeping in them. Well, I've been, aren't they great? Yeah, I want to promote um, my memorial service. <laughs> Cut that. What would I be credited as? Um, best mate. <laughs> comedy partner. Yeah, I reckon I've got to be comedy partner. I was May's comedy partner. That was a fun thing we could have done, like what we would have said at each other's funerals, but like, we're not we're not going back and doing that. I don't also, do not that. at the energy. No. I'd be like, that's sad. This is one of the worst episodes we've ever done. 
This is worse than the episodes where we just trail off at the end. Oh yeah, because we trailed off at the start. We trailed off at the start. We've been off trail. In we're so Timberlake, and that neither of us wanted to do this. <laughs> Maybe no. I was gonna say do the didn't ask thing of just putting a message at the start, be like this one's bad. But I've seen what that does to viewing, oh. and fucking hell, should have yeah. done that. Hey Harry, uh, have a hey. It's night time. It's night time. Have a the best Justin Timber sleep of your life. Have have and a wonderful the Justin Timber. Hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good. Bye. Oh, great. Justin Timber night, everyone. Good night. God bless. Crikey. Hey, Troubler. Don't say you've gone. Say you've knocked off for a smoker. And you'll be back later on. Hey, Troubler. Give it to me straight Face to face Are you really disappearing Just another dying ray